A pro-abortion Notre Dame professor is suing the student newspaper for reporting the truth. The former editor-in-chief of the paper joins us to talk about the controversy at the Catholic University. Coming up next. Joe Drill is a St. Paul, Minnesota guy, so we thought it would make sense to talk to him about all of this. But Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, this lawsuit uh, filed by Notre Dame professor Tamara Kay, names you, and another journalist, uh, Luke Thompson is his name. But just, just explain uh, how this whole thing got started, what this is all about. Yeah, for sure. So the case is involving two articles that we wrote in the Irish Rover, which is uh, one of the campus publications at the University of Notre Dame. So last fall, um, in October, I wrote a piece that was covering this professor, Tamara Kay's abortion advocacy. She had been, for several months when Roe was overturned, writing public op-eds in support of abortion rights or talking about the harms of abortion restrictions. So... It really uh, accelerated, though, in the fall when Indiana passed Senate Bill 1, which was banning most abortion operations in the state of Indiana, where Notre Dame is located. And at that time, she began promoting on her social media ways that students or others could receive abortion pills online, like through planb.org or various other websites, abortionfinder.com. And in addition to that, she put a sign on her office door and it said something along the lines of, if you need help with any or all healthcare needs, contact me. And she had been tweeting out various aspects of the sign. So she had a big letter J on her door also. And she tweeted out right after sharing links to abortion access, something like look for the J. Like, and she's explained since then there's like, Several pro-abortion professors and I put these J's on our doors to show students like that they would be able to help. Um, yeah, she never really stated explicitly what exactly she was going to help with, but then it, I guess the most explicit statement of, um, of what she was trying to do came through one tweet where she put out, uh, advertised resources, um, for obtaining abortions and said, if you have issues with access or cost, please DM me. Um, so I thought that naturally, okay, this is an issue that we have a professor on our campus who's being so explicitly pro-abortion and seeming like she's also offering help to people in the campus community. Um, yeah, in for obtaining abortion. So I interviewed her at the end of September well, and I, and I think this is a good point, um, j- just to stop you here for a second, Joe, but she talks to you uh, for, for these stories. This isn't you guys writing about this. And also, this is public information she's she's putting out in the public sphere. Yeah, absolutely. So most of the article is just documenting, yeah, her public messaging through her Twitter. And then she also spoke at a panel last fall that was titled, like, making, I think the exact title is Making Intersectional Feminist Sense of Abortion Bans. So it was actually, I attended that panel and recorded it. Um, and afterwards, I approached her and introduced myself like, hi, I'm Joe Durrell. I'm with the Irish Rover and I have a few questions for you. Um, and she actually spoke with me for maybe 20, 25 minutes. So we had a pretty in-depth conversation. 
And I was very grateful for that because I wanted to understand her side of the issue and didn't want to just come at it from an outsider perspective. I still would have written the article had I not received an interview, but it was great to have her direct comment to the rover on this topic. So I published the article October 12th. And then, yeah, actually it was very surprising to me that she began pretty quickly backtracking on some of the statements she had made. In fact, she in one of her tweets, she said um, that there was absolutely no interview for this article. Um, and so that gave me pause. I was like, well, I don't know how or if I should respond to this because I have a recording of the interview. Like I can clearly prove that any statement she's making isn't true. But I kind of thought that, okay, she's getting a lot of blowback right now. The story was picked up in the national media. So due to that, I think, okay, she's just like, this is kind of like a reflex reaction and this will go away. Um, she's not gonna, yeah, she's not gonna act upon these statements and these denials of our ethics or processes or claiming that I lied about the interview. Um, however, yeah, it, it clearly didn't go away, um, as quickly as I thought it would. But you guys put these stories out and her own words, essentially, she says, uh, subjected her to harassment and this, this lawsuit, is this something you're, you're expecting or this, this comes out of nowhere? There were a lot of clues kind of along the way that this was going to happen, but it just seemed so kind of preposterous at the time that she would be suing in regard to these articles that I never believed it was going to happen. So in January of, so January, 2023, a couple of months after this article, a GoFundMe was started on her behalf. Um, and it said it was for legal fees. Um, and I was like, okay, like, I don't know. Is she suing the university? Is there something going on behind the scenes that she's upset about? She went on a leave of absence from teaching last semester, and she said it was um, a planned sabbatical to work on a book. But I didn't know, okay, maybe like the university like forced her to take a leave of absence. Like I was just very confused um, as to what was going on behind the scenes. I thought, okay, this must be going against the university, not us, because really I did just present what she had said. Like it wasn't, I didn't editorialize in the piece. It wasn't an opinion piece. It was just a presentation of the facts. So people began asking me like through the whole spring semester, like yeah. she began asking me through the whole spring semester. Um, yeah. Like is professor K suing the Rover? And I kept on telling them, no, like there, she's not suing. Like I haven't heard anything. And that kind of continued for several months until April 3rd. And that was when articles released in uh, New York Magazine's The Cut, which is, yeah, I don't exactly know the relationship there. But so this Cut article was just explaining from Professor K's perspective everything that had happened kind of through the whole sequence of events, kind of hinging on the article that I had written. So in, there was one statement in that article by The Cut that said she's contemplating legal action against the university and against the Irish rover. Um, and I saw that as like, yeah, I, I don't know what she would be suing us about, but she didn't leave me waiting very long because I got a letter of intent to sue from her lawyer that was postmarked the, the same day, April 3rd. So in that, they kind of, the legal team laid out what they were objecting to. Um, and even reading through that, like I didn't make much of it. It's like, okay, like maybe this is some sort of scare tactic. Like I looked over this with a couple of, yeah, friends who are in the, the legal profession, like, yeah, there's, there's no case here. She won't actually sue. Like you can just ignore this letter of intent to sue. 
So even at that point, I did like a lawsuit as kind of the last thing that I expected. Um, but yeah, six weeks later, I got the actual, I got the actual suit in the mail. Um, and that was, yeah, I was like, oh, wait, this is actually happening. That's kind of the first time that I believed that there actually was a lawsuit, despite like the, the whole lead up. You know, again, to be uh, sued for defamation as a, a college student uh, before you even start, start the profession, not, not something you're expected. But, but again, this is a Catholic university. Clearly, this is newsworthy. Kay says, uh, you know, for me, abortion is a policy issue. This is a quote the publication reported, uh, the professor also saying, and yes, my view runs afoul of church teaching, but in other areas, my positions are perfectly aligned. Uh, with the church. And I also wanted to read just a statement from the BOP law firm representing you guys there at the Rover. And it's said that recordings and transcripts of the meeting show the Irish Rover's reporting was accurate. That statement goes on to say, when someone exercises his right to free speech on a matter of public concern and then is sued for doing so, Indiana law offers special protections for the defendant. In recent years, strategic lawsuits against public participation, known as slap suits, have become more common. Slap suits are frivolous lawsuits designed to intimidate the speaker from exercising his right to free speech. Anti-slap laws provide a way for a person sued under such frivolous claims to get the suit dismissed early in the legal process, saving valuable time and resources along the way. I know that uh, recently you guys have um, filed an order to dis- dismiss. How are your lawyers feeling at this point? Are they confident that a judge may just toss this whole thing out? Yeah, we've been very confident kind of along the way. And the anti-slap was really the only motion we considered because it seemed like the this suit was a textbook defini- definition of yeah, of the type of suits that anti-slap laws are crafted to protect publications against. Um and like yeah, like I stated the Irish Roper released a, a statement last week. Yeah, we titled it We Will Not Be Silenced. And that's really like our feeling through this whole thing is that, okay, this suit is clearly targeted to shut down reporting that not because it was false, but because it brought a reaction that Professor K didn't like. Because, yeah, essentially I just took the message that she was trying to publicly broadcast and amplified that message to a different audience. Um, and so... Yeah, unless it's unless it's defamatory to say things you're saying in public to people who don't like the things you're saying, uh, then yeah, I don't really understand any merit of this case. How, Joe, have people responded on campus uh, to to the lawsuit? Yeah, so I guess I'm going to get a much better read of it once I'm back on campus in the in the fall. But everything that I've seen has been very positive. Like I've had professors, friends, other students, many alumni all reach out. Uh, and yeah, thank me for not retracting and for taking a stand and for being able to go through with the suit. Um, because yeah, initially when the when the lawsuit came in, several people were like, oh, it's just it's not worth dealing with it. Like you guys, like you, you guys are in the right, um, but yeah, you're students and it's gonna be this huge time suck through your senior year and it's gonna like detract a lot from your experience as a student. and You don't want to have to deal with this. Um, and really, like, I, I was never tempted to, I was never tempted to bow out because, I mean, I believe what I wrote, um, what I wrote is true. And so I think it would be really a disservice to the whole pro-life movement at the university. Um, and now that the issue is blown up uh, to the kind of the nation at large for me to 
for me to step back because yeah, is someone needs to be, she needs to be called out on what she was doing. Um, and so I'm happy that I was able to be the one to do that. Good for you, Joe. And I have to ask you, you're a senior. I know th- this year, uh, this fall, what are your plans for, for after college now that you have your uh, first lawsuit as a journalist under your belt? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. It's, uh, several journalists I know have been working for a number of years, um, said that they were like kind of jealous that I'm getting to go through this and they've been a journalist for years and never had to put up with it. Um, but no, I was more seriously. Yeah. I, it's still very much an open question. Um, yeah, where I'll be. Uh, I've worked for a couple of publications the past couple summers and I definitely want to go kind of the journalism media route after graduation. So I was at first things magazine in New York two summers ago and then I'm working for a great new publication called Compact Magazine this summer, also out in New York. Um, but yeah, two summers in New York, and now I'm ready to get back to Minnesota, hopefully. So. Well, maybe we'll see you at, at Alpha News here soon. We can, we can hope, Joe. Yeah, I'd be happy to talk. <laughs> well, sounds good. Joe Durrell, thank you so much for, for all the time you spent, and, and good luck with everything moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. That will do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.